Hey friends, hope you're not sick of hearing from me yet, because I have more and more to introduce to you regarding our episode 100 lead-up bonus content. As I've said before, this content is a fun collaboration for the characters you can expect to be along for the ride in our episode 100 series. Next on the roster is a series of romps written by James Kidd for his character, Arfur of Erastal. Arfur was a much beloved character throughout chapters 1 and 2 of Troubles Notari, and one of the earliest references made to our test recording in Stemming the Tide. He's the lovable uncle of the briefly seen character Raphael, and so much more, as these vignettes will undoubtedly show you. Patrons listening on the private RSS feed should stay tuned for a discussion with James about Arfur's character build. Arfur is a Shuni who has lived in Otari most of his adult life. His family comes from Up Island, and he has a loving brother, Barkfalamu, and sister-in-law, Patunya, and a wonderful nephew whom he prizes very much, called Raphael. We see a young Arfur and Raphael as a pup wandering the streets of Otari, glad-handing the locals and exchanging gifts. We first see them meet with Vandy, who is greeted with a large hug, and then introduction to Raphael, whom she scratches under the chin with affection. And Arfur slips Vandy a gold coin, which he claims to Raphael is for the coffers of the library. But the two adults know it's to cover his late fees. Next, he shakes the hand of Magiloy, who gives him thanks for helping with the mislabeled potions in her shop. And she slips him a small vial of a golden yellow liquid that she insists is the juice of a lemon from Katapesh that will produce the best lemon bars he's ever made. From there, we see them open the flaps of Rin's wonders, and Rin herself scurries over with excitement to hug the little Raphael. She promises to read the stars for him one day, like she has for his brave uncle before. We then see Arthur panting as he and Raphael hike through the forest, flanked by a young mountain goat, wearing a pair of bright red saddlebags and a longbow strung across its back. Through heavy breaths, Arfur points out the different types of trees and edible plants to his enthusiastic and young nephew. The sun is high in the sky, denoting the late afternoon, and the town of Ortari has gathered in the market. Atop a small pallet being used as a stage stands Mayor Menjimez in his most regal garb, and he is flanked on one side by Arfur, the aged Shuni, quiet and stoic, with a look of pure concentration. On the mare's other side is a blonde halfling in modest clothes and a bright green apron. The town is silent with anticipation as they watch the events unfold. Mayor Menjimez takes a solemn and deep breath. He is clearly not looking forward to the news which he has been tasked to deliver. The following silence seems to cause the audience to lean forward with even more expectancy. The silence of the crowd is almost deafening. Arthur can hear his heart pounding in his chest. This is the moment he's been waiting for his entire time in Otari. Recognition, finally that his lemon bars are better than Debbie's. 
the mayor closes his eyes and confidently announces. And the winner of the final round of Otari's first bake-off with the best lemon bars is... The dawn has just broken over the horizon, and the sky roils with purple and orange, hinting at the weather to come. A chill breeze floats through a desolate market with only a single stall occupied. A mountain of a man with silver hair sits behind it, the scent of his Nexian coffee wafting through the air. The sound of slurping and snacking causes him to look up from his book of Zapotle poems, he casts a dark glance at his companion, who sits on a second chair outside of the stall with his little shoony legs dangling off the edge, as he seemingly inhales his second sausage roll. Arthur licks his lips and slurps some of the brew as he looks over at the large man. I cannot help that your brew goes so perfectly with Miroslav's sausage rolls. The man is a culinary wizard. He puts in this seed. You know of mustard? The large man sighs, sips his coffee, and turns back to his book, lowering his face to conceal his smile. Then something slides into his vision, slowly, just over the top of the book. And as he focuses, he finds it to be a sausage roll. He turns his gaze back to the shuni, who gives him a giant genuine smile. Ben looks around and sees the market is still empty. Pops the small pastry into his mouth. The infectious laughter of these two friends rings out through the empty market. Panic has conquered the town as the dead shambled down the cliffs to the west of Otari. The sound of the guards holding off the invasion from Menhima Street is audible, so Arfur hurries as fast as he can to the bridge where the crook's nook stands. People are flooding across the bridge into Otari, and there he spies her. A young woman in shimmering plate mail, a shield upon her arm, and the fierce expression of concentration on her face. You there, Arfur? I know you from the Rodden Bow Club. I need you to get these people to safety. I'll hold the bridge. Arthur looks to her with an expression of concern, but he's heard her story. He knows why she's here. And most importantly, his duty is to protect his people first. He can come back and fight after they are safe. With a resolute nod, he begins ushering people toward the garrison, where he knows they can make a final stand, if needed. We go to the garrison. It is defendable. Meet us there when you can, lady. He calls this to her from the mob, his eyes glowing with the golden light of a rastal, as his voice breaks through the frightened people. Everyone, please remain calm and follow me to the garrison. We will find shelter there. We see Arthur huffing and puffing as he rounds a bend with Goatku not far behind. The two have both grown substantially since we last saw them. The fur on Arthur's neck is now almost completely gray, and his simple green coat has been patched in many places with a myriad of simple dark fabrics. The elk horn, his holy symbol, 
remains mostly unchanged, but has yellowed slightly with age. Godku, his longtime friend and walking companion, has grown substantially as well. The once kid has now grown into a full goat standing at four feet. The goat is a full foot taller than its companion, and it reaches above five with its regal-looking horns. Arfur stops and sits on a rock trying to catch his breath. His age and weight have not made his daily walks an easy task. But his mornings through the woods with Goku are the most peaceful hours of his day. He breathes in deeply, and Goku nuzzles against him as if to try and comfort him. You know I figured a few hours in the woods every morning would not only keep me feeling young, but I had hoped that it would counteract the treats. <sighs> his smile evident in his voice as he rubs Goku behind the ears. He looks past his friend's large horns to the tattered bright red packs on his back. You know, old friend, you've gotten quite large and strong over the last couple of years. Perhaps... Goku interrupts him with a bleat, as if knowing what the old Shuni was going to say. Oh, come now. You can lift me. Remember when you helped me get those flowers for Abinye? I stood on your back and you gave me a boost. The goat bleats again in protest. Come now. Let's just try. You're so much bigger than I am. Arthur stood upon the rock in which he was seated, and Goku stepped, so he was astride. One, two... Arfur counted himself to the Herculean task of mounting Gotku. Three! <sighs> he called the final number as he scrambled awkwardly onto the back of the goat. Goku bucked a little, causing Arfur to lie flat on the back of his friend and reach out to grab hold of his horns. Goku then immediately bucked Arfur to the ground, where he lay for a few minutes. Flat on his back, trying to catch his breath from the winding experience of being thrown. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe we can work on it another day. Perhaps with a saddle and uh, your consent, old friend. 